and welcome to Simply Why. I am your host, Connor Reed. Simply Why is a podcast brought to you by Indiana Wesleyan University, where we do a deep dive into the stories behind our outcomes. Our guests share the choices that changed their lives, the paths that led them to where they are, and of course, the why at the heart of it all. Our guest today is Andrew Rohde. Andrew is the head coach for IWU's football team. He previously served as the offensive coordinator at Morningside University and brought the Mustangs to their third national championship in four years. They were also the number one ranked team in the NAIA for that 2022 season. His mission is to build men that look like Jesus while competing at a high level to win a national championship. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, I'm glad to be here. All right, well, let's just get started off with some tricky, hard-hitting questions then. Bring them on. Question number one. Colts or Lions? Neither. The Bears. Okay. I grew up in Chicago, so definitely a Bears fan, even though the Bears are not easy to be fans of right now. Okay. Question number two. Hiking or swimming? Uh, Hiking in the morning, swimming in the afternoon. If I can find a place to do both, I'd love to do both. Yeah. It's a little bit tricky in Indiana, but... (laughs) It's tricky to find any of that in Indiana. Definitely. All right. And question number three. Fall or spring? I would say the fall... Uh, just because it's football season. Can't pass that up. Nope. All right. Well, I just want to get started off with just your starting point for your passion for football. So there's a lot of people who play football in high school or college or that sort of thing, and then maybe leave it behind, but you have made a career out of it of coaching and all of that. So when did that first go from maybe just being a passionate thing into, I want to do this as a career? You know, growing up, I think I started football when I was like in kindergarten, played all the way through uh, elementary school, junior high, all the way through high school, and then played into college. And I think it was during the college years that I started to understand the power of a coach and the role that a coach can have off the field. I think I always loved football and still do, but understanding some of the coaches that had a huge impact on my life, particularly during the high school and college years. When I realized that you can teach football, you can teach life, you can do all those things and be around the game still, that's when I started really thinking about coaching as a career. And then what just drew you to football in general aside from other sports? Football is an incredible game and there's a physical nature to the game that other sports don't really have. I ran track in college, um, you know, played basketball and baseball all, all the way you know, since I was little, but there's something about football and just, again, it's the physical nature of the game, the team sport, there's a whole lot of opportunities for selflessness. And there's something just about the nature of the team that's totally unlike any other sport you can play. Yeah. And your mission is to shape men like Jesus while having that like competitive getting to a national tournament or that whole sort of thing. So how do you see yourself, I guess this is a two-part question, how do you see yourself doing that? And why is that your mission? I think in terms of the Great Commission, which is every Christian's commission, it's you're supposed to disciple people and and share the gospel and make people look more like Jesus as your life progresses and as you disciple them. So I think that's it's kind of like the foundation of a lot of a lot of it uh, in terms of why I coach. Yet at the same time, you know, I had some challenging things happen in high school and college, um, and I had coaches around me that genuinely cared about me and loved me off of the field as much or more than they did on the field. Um, So while they were developing me as a player, I also saw them and felt them developing me 
as a man and preparing me to be a better husband and father uh, genuinely. I know that a lot of coaches say that they want to do that, but I felt that and got to experience that when I was in college. And so, again, going through those things and having those experiences, I walked away from that going, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And some of those coaches kind of they didn't necessarily push me into coaching, but they kind of spoke some life into that part of my future saying, man, you could really do this and you could be really good at it if you chose to do it. And so I think going through those things with those coaches and them speaking that life into me, I bought into it. And I said, man, this is this is going to be an incredible future. And I think you can teach football. You can teach life. You can fulfill the Great Commission. You can put all those things into one thing and build a team that way. And you still get that competitive side of football that that I love. You can kind of blend them all together in some incredible ways. And so I'm thankful to be here at Indiana Wesleyan as the head coach. And I think what we've tried to do in the last three months, especially, is really work to shape the culture around guys understanding that football is incredibly important and we're going to choose to be excellent and go after competing at the highest level with the best teams in the country. And at the same time, work on building men, making an impact and honoring God through all the things that we're doing. That's awesome. We had Greg Tonegal on, who's the head basketball coach, a couple episodes ago. And he was talking about how interesting it is being a Christian coach because you are kind of working against the grain in some ways because a lot of professional sports, they teach you, you know, look out for number one, just take care of yourself. And he has the whole I am third mentality and philosophy that he implements into things. So how do you feel that for you of like trying to break down that like, no, 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 you're not the most important person in the world. You know, it's not all about you. You have to care about this team and put them first. How do you maybe wrestle with that or just work through that with these players? First of all, if I can be half the coach Greg Tonegal is in the next 15 to 20 years, I will be really satisfied with that. He's an incredible coach. And I think in the last three months, I've already started to learn from him, just being around him the little bit that I have. Within our team, our, our motto, our team kind of thing is, you know, we call it one blood. So as I got to know Greg a little bit more and, and understood that I'm third principal, I kind of look at it from, you know, a, a 10,000 foot view and go, they're like the same thing almost. I mean, that one blood mentality is we want guys that are walking with each other in life through the good times, the bad times, and they are pushing each other through all of those to be more God honoring in the way that they live, to be better men and to make an impact in the world and to be a better teammate and to love each other in greater and greater ways. Uh, so that's what one blood is for us. You know, and I think if you just look at the world right now, everything is about what feels good. And if it feels good, do that. What's good for you? If it's good for you, go do that. And whatever is like self-satisfying and self-fulfilling, it's live a life in a way that just fulfills self. I think that one blood mentality is like, you have to get out of this room where you are sitting and like looking in a mirror and looking at yourself and going it's all about me and you've got to get rid of that mirror and you've got to like replace it with a window looking outward into the world into your teammates into the people around you into your community and start looking and going what do they need how can i help how can i make this a better place rather than sitting in the mirror room and looking and going all right it's all about me that's really good and I know for a lot of other schools with maybe some of their sports teams where they really want them to focus on like the sports and maybe school comes 
secondhand or it's just more of like a back thought. Like I'm, I'm here in college to play football or to play soccer or basketball, whatever it is. So how do you not only get these players to commit to the sport, commit to practice, but also commit to their studies and commit to being a student here? I think when we bring our guys in, number one, it starts in recruiting. I think we recruit guys that are serious about their academics. um, And we really work to vet those guys well and make sure that they've got like a plan for their life and they've got something they're going after, you know, from an academic standpoint or just a kind of a life mission standpoint. Because when you find guys that are motivated before they get here, you don't really have to motivate them while they're here because they're already on point. They're already on track. They know what they want. and They're going after those things. So I think it really starts in recruiting. I think I'm constantly trying to frame academics in the light of you're here to create a better life for yourself. That's why you're in college. That's why you're at Indiana Wesleyan. And so if you're trying to create a better life for yourself, and that's why you came here, going to class, doing well in class, giving your best is a huge piece of that. I mean, that's the motivating factor right there. But then I also believe that you can't be a motivated, disciplined, hardworking, tough athlete on the field and then be lazy, undisciplined, and kind of a a turd in the classroom. You can't flip a switch on and off and be one guy here and one guy there. It's like, you are who you are. I mean, that's integrity. It's wholeness. It's unity. It's all in one, whether that's good or bad, you know, that doesn't change things. But I think when a guy is doing really, really well in the classroom, he's generally also working hard on the field. And so, you know, just getting guys to mirror those two things together and go, your effort in football should match your effort in the classroom and your effort in the classroom should match your effort in football. And those should be just unified and they should be one thing. And that, that's a piece of the integrity part. It's, hey, there's no coaches sitting in the classroom with you, but you have to be the same person on the field as you are off the field. So I want to dig in a little bit more into the technical side of things. So you've just stepped into this role. This is still a fairly new football team. How do you just kind of go into this sort of role? And like, where do you start with like, okay, we need to prep for this or maybe develop this more? Or like, what's your like attack plan for getting into a new role like this with a new team? And yeah. I'll just start here. The, the previous staff has done an outstanding job. I mean, starting football six years ago, playing five varsity seasons and going from your very first varsity season in the Mid-States Conference, which I believe is the most challenging and best conference in the entire NAI in the country, going from your first season and then in five years playing in the national semifinal game, it's an incredible accomplishment, just absolutely incredible. So what do we do moving forward from here? It's like, how do you go from being in that game to now winning that game and then winning the next game afterwards? I think the first step was, I just need to get in and build relationships with the guys. Uh, I think they had to trust me. If there's no trust, there's no team, there's no, I mean, you, you can't do anything. And so that was the first step. It was get in. And in the first couple of weeks, I met with every single guy on the team and just got to know them. And, and I learned a lot about what made this place special, what made this football team special. But then I also learned a lot about there's certainly some areas that the team felt like we could grow to be better, to be able to win some of those games and just to be a better football program overall. And so there's a lot of great insight, especially from the upperclassmen of just how we can move forward and and where we're at right now. So I think I got a crash course real quick from some of those guys in the first couple of weeks, learning about where we're at and where we can go. 
And then I kind of started to implement a little bit of my vision and the values I have and, and just just where I believe we can go with this program. And so there's quite a few things that we wanted to add in and start doing a little bit differently. Like we just took our juniors on kind of a leadership service trip to Branson, Missouri, and they served at a camp. We were there for three full days. You know, we worked in the mornings, had a lot of fun in the afternoons, worked out as well, did a ton of just team building, growing, leadership development. And then, and then there was a underlying tone of spiritual development and discipleship through the entire week, which, you know, by the end of the week, it was just the team had grown immensely. And it was like a Kickstarter in terms of pushing the culture forward like three years. So it was just it was an incredible trip. But I think those are some of the things that I'm saying, hey, this is where we can attack. This is where we can grow from a culture and program standpoint. And then I've done a lot more with the offense. That's kind of a little bit more of my background. And so we've just been working to install and develop an offense that I feel comfortable calling and running moving forward. Well, going into your personal story a bit more of transitioning from player to coach, what did that look like for you? And how did that pathway kind of come about and like maybe that mindset change as well? It was an interesting transition. So I I got to help out with spring ball at Wabash, you know, right before I graduated and I didn't do a lot, but I was just kind of helping set up drills and and do some things. And so that was really the first step of being removed from being a player. But, you know, early on, it's those first couple of years in coaching are a lot of fun in a lot of ways. And and they're incredibly challenging because you're learning the skills of coaching, how to coach. And I'm thankful that I was around some really, really good coaches that taught me a lot of things and taught me how to do it at a very high level. Yet at the same time, in those first couple of years, you're still like the same age as those guys. So your ability to connect with them is almost like instantaneous. You listen to the same music, you talk the same way, you understand pop culture in the same ways, just because you're literally like a year, two, three years removed from them. Now I am in my mid thirties and I've got four kids and connecting that with them, it's just different now. So I don't listen to the same music as all of them and things are a little bit different in that respect, but it's been a transition just kind of in each different phase of my life and at each different place that I've coached, whether it was Anderson, Greenville, Concordia, Morningside, or here, the guys have all been a little bit different due to the different schools um, and the different places that they've come from. So it's been a little bit of a challenge just learning how to adapt, how to adjust, and how to stay true to who I am and what I believe, yet at the same time, work to get into the lives of each of, that, each of those groups of guys. And then what has been your favorite part about coaching? That is a challenging question to just say, what is the absolute favorite? I'll give you two. It's watching the players develop, both from an on-the-field standpoint and off-the-field standpoint. It's, it's watching them as they come in as freshmen and their personalities begin to come out. They begin to make friends and, and they go through that transition. Yet freshman year is such an incredibly challenging time for you know those 18-year-olds because everything is so different. Um, and then they hit sophomore year and you see the comfort level start to come out. And then junior year, it's, you know, they start to kind of take ownership of the culture and the team. And you start to see some of the values that you have in the program start to come out of those players during those years. And then senior years, often really, really fun because you know the guys really well because you've spent years just going on trips with them, spending time with them, having them in your home. Um, you know their girlfriends, you know their families, you know just about the hard parts of their life, the good parts of their life, you know what their dreams are, where they're trying to go. And those are some really, really neat moments watching those guys finish their careers 
and lead the team and lead other men in a way that you can be really proud of uh, and their families can be really proud of and the university can really be really proud of. So I think just watching the overall development of guys moving from freshman year to their final years and playing, I would say a very close second is just the competitive nature of the game of football. Love to compete. Uh, that will never get out of me. And I absolutely miss playing, um, even though I certainly could not play anymore. So if there's someone listening in the audience today who is wanting to be a football coach, what piece of advice or encouragement would you give to them? I would say a couple of things. Number one, it's play as long as you possibly can. The longer you play, the more you understand about football, the more you know about football, which will prepare you to be a better football coach. So play in high school, play in college. If you can play beyond college, go play beyond college as long as you possibly can at whatever level you're able to play at. And then two, I think what I've learned and what I learned quickly getting into this profession is when you're trying to get a job in football, it's not necessarily like a lot of other professions. This job is completely about who you know and whoever you know, who do they know? Every job that I've ever gotten has been because I knew somebody who knew that head coach or somebody on that staff. Almost every job I've ever heard of anybody getting is because they know somebody on our staff or I know somebody on their staff. There's always a connecting point between you know guys moving from job to job for the most part. So that would be my next piece of advice is just meet as many people as you can and work to build genuine relationships with those coaches so that when a moment comes up and a job opens up, it's hey, I recommend this guy because I trust this guy and I know he's going to work hard and he's going to get the job done. That is some great advice and a great way to wrap up this episode. Andrew, thank you so much for being on. Is there any social media you want to promote or anything like that? I'm on Twitter and I couldn't even tell you what my Twitter handle is, but you can just you know search Coach Rody and I'm sure you can find it. Awesome. We'll make sure to put a link to that in our show notes. Andrew, thanks again for being on today. Thank you. Simply Why is brought to you by Indiana Wesleyan University. IWU is a nationally renowned, Christ-centered academic community dedicated to providing leading, innovative education opportunities for students of all ages, backgrounds, and life stages. To learn more about IWU's online, on-site, and hybrid programs, visit indwes.edu. And make sure to follow us on social media as well. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.